Hello and welcome to the Stock Podcast. I'm Nate Abercrombie, the host of the only investing podcast that gives everyone the chance to hear public company CEOs and CFOs describe their business and provide the investment case for their company. In this episode, the Stock Podcast is really excited to bring you an interview with Bowder Van Kempen. Bowder is the CEO of DCP Midstream, ticker symbol DCP. DCP is an MLP, or Master Limited Partnership, that provides midstream services to the oil and gas industry. DCP is the largest processor of natural gas in the US, and admittedly, I wasn't fully aware of just how significant DCP is in terms of the critical nature of its asset portfolio and the services it provides to the oil and gas industry. You'll hear more about this from Vouter, but DCP touches around 10% of all the natural gas that's produced in the lower 48, which is really amazing on both an absolute and relative basis. While it's an honor to have such an important midstream player on the podcast, I'm equally, if not more, honored to have this particular CEO on the program. Just a little bit of background, I was the covering analyst for DCP at the firm I used to work for. I had the chance to meet with Vouter on multiple occasions, and I have an enormous amount of respect for this guy. In my opinion, he's an A-plus chief executive. He's super intelligent, he's a CEO with vision, and he's someone who's extremely disciplined in terms of how he invests shareholder capital. And he thinks about the business like an owner should. Vouter isn't interested in growth for growth's sake, and he is truly committed in delivering on the inherent promise between the company and its shareholders. Full disclosure, I do own shares in DCP Midstream, so please don't mistake my admiration for Vouter as a business leader for anything more than that. But that being said, I think this interview really underscores the value in DCP's common equity. Let's touch very quickly on the financials and then we'll get to the interview. DCP has a market cap of around 4.6 billion and as of 3Q18, about $200 million of cash on the balance sheet. Total debt equates to about 5.1 billion, which puts the total enterprise value at 10.6 billion. DCP pays a $3.12 dividend per share which results in a distribution or dividend yield of 9.6%. About 50% of Wall Street analysts have have a buy rating on DCP with an average price target of about $45 per unit. Again, remember, we're talking about an MLP. So in MLP parlance, shares are units. But that $45 price target equates to about 37% upside from here. And that's ignoring the 9.6% yield you get from receiving distributions. So without further ado, let's get to the interview with DCP Midstream's Chief Executive Officer. Outer, thank you very much for coming onto the podcast. Uh, it's a pleasure being here and having the opportunity to speak with you. So thanks a ton. No, you're welcome. I'm looking forward to it. My first post- podcast ever. <laughs> Excited. So can we talk about your background first, just where you came from? That's actually a question that I've always wanted to ask you is where you where you came from and what brought you to the United States? Yeah, it's kind of funny. I'm like, because you and I in your prior life obviously have had many, many meetings together. So why not dive a little deeper? Uh, so I'm from the Netherlands originally. So that's a funny, funny accent. Uh, it's definitely not a Denver, Colorado accent where, uh, where DCP is headquartered and where I'm living now. Uh, so I actually started my career in the Netherlands after I got my master's degree in economics. Uh, I started with General Electric. So GE at that time had its largest 
uh, offshore, outside the U.S. Uh, investments were in the Netherlands, which used to be the, the plastics business that they don't own anymore. They divested that in the early 2000s. But that's where I started, started the financial management program over there and then moved to a GE from the Netherlands to London to Belgium to Massachusetts to Singapore to Connecticut. Uh, so that was the first uh, 10, 11 years of the career. And then uh, moved over from General Electric to Duke Energy and uh, to Charlotte, North Carolina. So I went uh, down south. Was with uh, Duke Energy for seven years and then came to DCP Midstream August 1st, 2010. So I'm here now eight years and change. Uh, it's a fantastic company, a lot of fun. It's been an interesting ride. I don't know if we counted, probably six crude cycles, five NGL cycles, <laughs> a number of gas cycles. So it's been, uh, it's been pretty, it's, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. And, and when you came to DCP, did you move directly to Denver? Yeah, I moved directly to Denver. With my family, we came from, uh, from Charlotte over here to Denver. And um, I started uh, over here at DCP running the mid-continent business. And I, I was in charge of strategy and mergers and acquisitions for the company. And then fairly quickly, the portfolio got expanded. The last role was the chief operating officer, which basically was everything, all the regions, all the business units, all the corporate functions were reporting to me. And then I became the CEO on, on January 1st, 2013. So that's almost coming up to six years. Yeah. That is, that's, that's kind of, that's pretty crazy as well. Yeah. yeah. And so Duke, then to DCP, could you maybe just start out? I mean, I would like to hear about the background of the history of, of DCP, but the initials DCP stand for? So the, here's an interesting one. So, um, I did this actually in this, this same room. We're sitting here in our boardroom and this is where pretty often I do uh, lunches or things with, with just a group of people uh, that work for us. Uh, just, you know, random, take 15 people in a room, spend an hour together and, uh, and, and talk about business, get their thoughts on how things are going, what goes well, what doesn't go well. And I was, I was sitting here actually, and it's probably four or five months ago, and I asked that same question to someone. I said, uh, how many of you know what DCP stands for? Because it was a pretty young crowd was sitting in the room here. And uh, the funny thing is that most people didn't know anymore. And, you know, that's probably a good thing because uh, the D stands for Duke Energy, the C uh, and the P stands for ConocoPhillips. And neither of those companies is involved in the, in this joint venture anymore. Uh, so we've seen a lot of different, uh, different you know, ownership of this joint venture. Uh, the D became Spectra Energy and then Spectra Energy became Enbridge. So the D is now an E, if you think about it, and the C and the P um, is now a Philip 66. So most people don't know anymore what the D, the C, and the P stand for, and I think that's probably a good thing because, you know, yes, we have two controlling shareholders between Philip 66 and Enbridge, but at the same time, we are a large publicly traded entity and, you know, not kind of going back all the time to what was this is, is probably a good thing. And I think if you go and think about the history of this company, it is it is it goes back 80 plus years. So it's been an amalgamation of different midstream companies that were 
bought and put together. So, you know, not talking about what the DDC and the P stand for anymore is probably a good thing. At the same time, you know what, for us as a, you know, large, you know, publicly traded entity, we're a global 500 company or Fortune 500 company. Um, it is still really, really good, I think, especially for investors to know that you do have, a, you know, a decent sized public float, but you also have two large companies that together have over $150 billion of market cap that have a controlling stake in these entities. And I think that can be very beneficial. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever thought about rebranding? No, not really. I think DCP in, in this in this industry is a household name. Everybody knows DCP. We kind of did a minor rebrand. Uh, if you think about it, if you go back to December 31st, 2016, uh, our ticker symbol at that time was DPM mm -hmm. and the publicly traded entity was called DCP Midstream Partners. And the general partner that was sitting on top of it was named DCP Midstream. Uh, we changed our ticker symbol to DCP on January 1st, 2017. And the company is now named DCP Midstream and the partners is really gone. And we did that because we had a lot of assets sitting in that private entity, that controlling entity. And we bought all of those with the publicly traded entity. And at, at that time, there was really no reason to have two names, DCP Midstream and DCP Midstream Partners. So we renamed everything DCP Midstream. Uh, we changed the secret ticker symbol to something that makes more sense, DCP. So that's probably the, the rebrand. You know, I don't think we would ever do anything different than like DCP. As I said earlier, it's a household name. Yeah. Everybody knows it in the industry. So yeah. why, uh, why, why change it? And, you know, where we started this thing, most people literally don't know anymore what the D, the C, and the B stand for. Yeah, yeah. Now, even my wife knows what DCP is. And uh, she's an engineer, so she's, I think she's worked on some of your projects the construction component of the projects. So she, for the longest time, she, she was like, oh yeah, DCP, I, that, that rings a bell. And so anyway. Good. I hope she controls the investment portfolio in the house and she's the one buying the stock. <laughs> uh, she's not. And uh, <laughs> but based on my performance this month, maybe she should. Uh, so I, I would like to hear just a little bit more about what it is that DCP does. I mean, you're a midstream company. You're the largest processor of natural gas in the United States, even North, North America, maybe even. Yeah. We always kind of look at it in the lower 48. I never, I never really looked at the, the Canadian side of the house, but you're, you're, you're probably right. Yeah. So could you just tell me if you, if you like, if you gave somebody a primer on what DCP, like the highlights of DCP, what, 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 what highlights would you focus on? Well, I think a couple of things. I think a lot of people, first of all, it's important to understand what, what does a midstream company really do? I'm like, people understand what producers do. People tend to understand what people downstream do, refiners. Uh, what does a midstream do? A midstream company do? Well, we're, we're sitting right in the middle. That's the name kind of, kind of talks about it. But the easiest way to say it, that we're sitting really in the middle between energy production on the one side and then energy consumption on the other side. So everything that is that needs to be done after you take natural gas or crude out of the ground by transporting it, by separating uh, the methane, and the methane is the gas that everybody burns in their stove and that everybody 
kind of knows natural gas to do. There's impurities in there or different pieces in there, NGLs, which are natural gas liquids. You need to separate those. So that is really what we're doing from a gas processing point of view. So we take the gas at the wellhead after a producer has drilled the hole and they're starting to pump oil or natural gas. We transport that natural gas to one of our gas processing facilities that we have. We got 60 different gas processing plants throughout the country. In that gas processing plant, what we do is we separate the, the residue gas from the natural gas liquids, the NGLs. The natural gas gets shipped one way via pipelines to end markets and the NGLs tend to get shipped in a raw make format to the end markets, which tend to be at the U.S. Gulf Coast. And at the U.S. Gulf Coast, what happens there, you take the NGLs and you separate separate them via a process called fractionation into ethane, butane, isobutane, the individual components, and those then get shipped, transported to chemical companies, to refineries and end users or export markets now a lot as well. So that's kind of what we're what we're doing. We're our the largest NGL producer in the country as well. We have 60,000 miles of pipe. So we got a lot of different pipelines. We operate in 16 different states, 2,700 um, 2,700 people on the team that work with us. And uh, we're a really integral part of everyday's life for, for every single single person. Um, we probably have about 10% or so of the overall natural gas that comes out of the ground in the lower 48 goes through one of our processing plants. So 10%. if you think wow. about, you know, hey, if all 2,700 of our folks stop working for a day, it's probably not a great great outcome. So we're really a big part of the overall energy infrastructure here in the, in the lower 48 in the United States. Yeah. Yeah. And, and which basins are, would you consider core or which basins would you, you know, highlight for investors who may have an idea as to where oil and gas is coming from currently, but they don't know which basins are core, yeah. which basins are really critical to GCP's operations? Yeah. So we, we, take the company and we separate the company or we have two major business units in the company. We have our gathering and processing business that probably makes up a little over 50% of our overall earnings. And then we have the marketing and logistics business, uh, which makes up a little bit below. The gathering and processing, I just explained what it is and where we have all of those gas processing plants are really places like the DJ Basin here in Colorado, Permian Basin, uh, so West Texas and Southeast New Mexico, the mid-continent, so it tends to be Oklahoma and Kansas, and then um, the Eagle Ford towards the south uh, on the U.S. Gulf Coast, and we have uh, some offshore business, we have an East Texas business as well. So those are the gathering and processing segments. The logistics and the marketing segment is long-haul pipelines, so NGL pipelines that go from each of these basins that I described, and they take the, the NGLs via large diameter pipelines into the market centers uh, on the U.S. Gulf Coast. That could be Mont Bellevue or Sweeney or Corpus. Um, so those are really kind of the two major segments and the pieces within the business. And then what we've been doing as a company, we've been adding, especially in the logistics business, we've been adding a bunch of different segments to that. So the NGL pipelines, really we started building that over the last, call it six, seven, eight years or so. If you go back to when I joined the company in 2010, probably 90% of our overall cash flow profile and our earnings all came out of processing. Today, as I described, it's much more 50-50. 
If you'd like to continue listening to this interview, you'll need to become a member. To become a member, just visit stockpodcast.com. Members have access to all full-length episodes, and depending on the membership that you purchase, you can even have access to the transcripts. So just go to the website, thestockpodcast.com, and click membership at the top. Also, if you really enjoyed the music, you should check out Danheim. That's D-A-N-H-E-I-M. Mike at Danheim gave me permission to use the music for the podcast, and so a huge thanks to Danheim. And with that, take care and good luck with your portfolio.